Maybe they'll take it. Tequeris. Tequeris. We gotta redo it with him. Tequeris. All right, three, two, one, and. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to buckle up, hang on, and get ready for the greatest Tuesday of all time because it's Taco Tuesday here in the historic Pink Taco Restaurant on Sunset Boulevard. It's time to get into it with Raw Duddy Rings, Mark Ice Roberts, and the one and only David Dave. Now, buckle up and let's get into it. Nice. What an intro. <laughs> All right. Roberts, you're fired. I want this guy for every intro. So long, Roberts. I'm exhausted. I'll see you guys later. This was fun. Take care. Good show. Dude, Thank you. Good night. Dude, that Good night, was... Get that guy a beer. That was how he sounds all the time. Like when he's putting his kids to sleep, he's like, in a world. It's time for bed. It's time for bed. Who wants warm milk? Light up those toothbrushes. Mom. It's sweet dreams. It's sweet dreams for you. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> that sounded like it was out of like Saw or something. Yeah, that was like right? creepy, yeah. My kids are thoroughly unimpressed with that type of I want to, first of all, we are in the historic um, Pink Taco on Sunset Boulevard. I want to dedicate this show to Harry Morton. Yes. Uh, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Yep. He, went, he left us way too soon, and uh, he left a legacy that people will enjoy for years and years and years, so... God bless him and Godspeed to uh, to him and his family. True that. Yeah. Thank um, you. So, I just want to announce early that we've got Pete Sepinuck here. Now, Pete, hi. Is, he did our original intro back. in He the did day. our original awesome. trailer. That's right. We just got a new one too. Yeah, I think we're ready to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, if record, even if we record on a Thursday, it's still going to be Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Every day is Taco Tuesday, even on a Saturday. Don't you, tell LeBron that. If you're Mexican, <laughs> if you're Mexican, buddy. yeah. Every day is Taco Tuesday. Um, but we got Pete Sepinick. Pete Sepinick is the voice of Ovation Network. He's also. I, you know, I swear. I did. I hear you on a Super Bowl commercial this last time. Yes, you're thinking up for Bud Light for the Super Bowl, the right. 50th birthday, the 50th uh, Super Bowl. I did. The, it was a Bud Light spot. Yes. You did. You do. You do tons of voiceovers. You're the voice of Ovation. We've worked on a show together, My a Ride great Rules, show called My Ride Rules for the Speed Network, which sadly has been folded into like FS1. Or yeah, something. you know, I've been wanting to do. <laughs> I've been wanting to revive that show and turn it into uh, My Ride Rules Celebrity Edition. Brilliant. <laughs> That'd be, be that'd be a lot no, of fun, be right? Amazing. Um, yeah. But like pimp my ride. Yeah, right. S- sort of, <laughs> but except for not really at all because you don't pimp <laughs> sort anything. Sort of, but not really at all. <laughs> all right. Because uh, you Two don't really. the same words, though. My ride. Yeah, my, my ride. Rules, pimp my, my ride. ride. Yeah. But um, we worked on that show, and it's funny because I, the first time we worked together, they, you know, uh, Sam Zoda said, you're going to be working with my friend Pete Sepnick. He's doing the voiceover. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even like I had a choice. He was like, he's doing yeah. the voiceover. And I said, okay. So the first day I right. met Pete, I went to his house where you had um, a recording studio in the back. You have an editing bay in the back. You have pretty much everything you need to do post-production, I would think, yeah. right? Damn. So I go back there. Post-facility. Post-facility. Nice. So I it go, may or may not be permitted. Don't tell the city. <laughs> we'll I go back there, and Pete and I hit it off right away. You know, I'm able to throw lines at him. We change stuff as we go. So we have the written script, and then we, when we find something funny, we're like, hey, how about you make that sound, like, really phallic? And he's like, okay. <laughs> and, I, and, then, and he would change it. Hello, Twinkie. Right. So there was all was of these. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. all of these names of Actual special names, names to right. the cars, and we would turn them into, like, jokes in, yeah. in the voiceover. So it took on a, a life of its own. And it was one of the funnest things we did was uh, get blast. together and record the voiceovers uh, announcing the contestants on the show. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and also, Pete, the, the reason I want to have Pete on is because Pete not only does voiceover, he's also an actor, he's also an editor, he's a filmmaker. You yep. kind of do it all, right? I mean, you do it all. Yes. Did I get it wrong? Are you no, not you're a all filmmaker? right. All that, that's okay, all true. Okay, that's all yeah, true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I try and do it all. I try and do as much as, you know. When you have a voice like yours, is it hard? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it right now? <laughs> no. Pretty much is every it, day. Is it hard to not just focus on on uh, work that has to do with voiceover stuff? Is it because, I mean, you, you, you're, you don't turn it off. This is you all the time, right? Right. Well, it's funny. So, yeah, the voiceover stuff, it, like the voiceover business feeds into the other side of the business. So when I first got into voiceovers, I was directing 
uh, in-house spots at Mattel, Mattel Toys. Yeah. Um, it was in 1995, and I was doing commercial prototypes, basic commercials for prototypes for de- things that were in development, like Barbies you would never see because they're being developed. They're like, you know, in, you know. <laughs> but wait. Did you were you doing were you doing that as a filmmaker and as a producer or you were you start? already I doing started VO? Out doing as a, I was started out directing those and then I was doing stuff for Hot Wheels and the Hot Wheels voiceover guy that they had hired who they've been using for a while like doubled his rate on the way to the session. Nice. And they're like fuck that we're not going to pay that. So they're like Pete you do it. <laughs> yeah. We'll pay you and if we like you we'll just keep using you and that was in 1985 and that started the voiceover career. Like so, I started doing all their in-house spots. But did you sound like this in 1985? Did I you sound way like better. That? Hey guys what's going on Hot Wheels leading the way it's awesome oh my god. Hot hey. Wheels leading the way. It was like yeah I sounded similar to this about, yeah. about the same. So yeah. you had no idea that you had a radio type voice? I knew I people could, say it to you? People have been yeah. saying to me for years. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to always, you know, joke around doing the infomercials like, yeah. hold on, if you call in the next five minutes, you'll also get this <laughs> strawberry peeler. <laughs> and years later, I actually did infomercials, did a lot of infomercials, still do. Jillian Michaels Body Revolution, a unique, intense, 90-day workout system. That kind of thing. It's like that. And then... Uh, did you do any for Lopez? Lopez had some too. Like body by... Didn't you do a body by... No, nah, they, no. they wouldn't go for my terms. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so I did a lot of infomercials as a kid. And then when I actually go and record them, it was literally the exact same voice. But wait, if you call in the next five minutes, you'll also get the cookbook, the this, the that. It was like that exact same thing. And like, great, perfect. I was literally like doing an impression of myself at age like 10. <laughs> like, you know, awesome. but in the studio, you know, and getting paid That's for it, which great. was fantastic. That's... Yeah, so I mean, that was good. So then, but the Mattel thing really kind of, you know, it was interesting because they had seen me as this director, and then I went in to record the first Hot Wheels spot, and I kind of knew when I first laid down the, the VO for the for the Hot Wheels spot, like things felt different. It was like, oh my god, we're looking at this. Like a, I was being looked at in completely different lights. So. It was like the voice of God. I mean, yeah, it was nice. It was sort of like, oh my god, this is something that you could do now. This is something that so that sort of really inspired me to, to start doing voiceovers and that t- professionally. Yeah, I want. I came out like you guys came out here to be a filmmaker. I graduated from Chapman University, nineteen oh. class of ninety two, which was back then. By the way, when I <laughs> Chapman is like this. that's a good film school. It's a great film school yeah. now. It's always been a good film school. Never heard was, of it. It was like <laughs> god, here we go. Ah, Come on, here we go. <laughs> but when I got applied in nineteen eighty eight, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't that well known. It was uh, inside joke. Sorry. chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty eight. When I applied, they had a ninety eight percent acceptance rate. They had standards. They were low, Damn. so I got right in. So yeah, it didn't take much. But it turned now. It's like one of the most. It's one of the hardest film schools to get into in the country. That's it's a great film school. That's like AFI. Roberts went to AFI. Exactly. Back in the day. Right. I did. That's it. Ninety nine percent. I was in the producer program. Right. Exactly. But ninety nine percent. No, dude. That's like nine percent. That's like seven percent acceptance. Had a letter a letter recommendation from Zemeckis. It was great. I got right in on a one hundred one hundred percent hispanic acceptance that's rate. correct that's right that's right <laughs> diversity Hold hey on. pete so you were working at mattel you started you started doing the voiceover your um your life sort of changed because did 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 it spread quickly that you could do voiceover or did you have to work at it oh both i basically it did not go very quickly so basically i was just doing stuff at mattel and then in 1998, I took a class from this woman who's an animation legend, a director named Sue Blue, who's also a performer. She's really well-known in the circles. And I took her class, and suddenly my life changed. It, she got me – she did my demo. She got me to ICM. Wait a minute. It's, it was a voiceover class. It was an animation class. Oh, an animation yeah, class. Yeah, and okay. I was doing, like, character voices and stuff. So she got me at ICM. She did my, she did my demo for me, and she got me a job all in the, all in the six-week class that I – Wow. Damn, yeah, who's this great. woman? Pete. Who? Susan Blue. Get, Sue take, Blue. Take that note. Dave Animation Dave. legend. Yeah, check, check. So then amazing. she hooked you up with an agent. She hooked me up with an agent with ICM. I was there for a year. And then I went over to William Morris, which I've been, got in February. It'll be 20 years I've been with WME. Can you believe that? Nice. Time. But yeah, she like changed my life. It was amazing. She like, that opened all the doors. That was, because then, which I did something that most people don't do in voiceovers. They, I had an animation demo first. Most, most people have a commercial demo or a promo demo. I did the animation demo first, which you shouldn't do. All you listeners out there, do the commercial demo first because that's the bread and butter. They want to hear you being you, your normal voice. We want, we want somebody who's real, conversational. It's the kind of guy you'd like to have a beer with. That's most suspects of the scripts I get. So anyway, but yeah, so then, but then I did a commercial demo, and, it's, and then, yeah, then things kind of took off from, from there around early 2000, really. Nice. So, so your agent started getting you work. When, yes. So how did it come about that you came back to filmmaking, that you got back into editing? 
Okay, that's also from, it's strangely enough, from voiceover. So what happened was <clears throat> I'd been with William Morris Royal and another client that came to William Morris in the mid-2000s. His name's Brent Huff. He's a film director. He had directed a movie in Russia called Treasure Raiders, Treasure Raiders, with David Carradine and Sherilyn Fenn, and he had seen the trailer that some production company had cut, and he was going on about how he didn't like the trailer. I was like, hey, I'm an editor. I know Final Cut Pro 7. I can recut that bad boy. He's like, great. So he came over and recut it, and we just kind of hit it off. And then he's like, this is fantastic. He goes, now I want you to do my daughter's basketball demo reel. It's basically <laughs> comprised of me cutting together a bunch of you know, shots Wait, from basketball Wait, did you say games. yes? You said yes? I said, I said yes. There's some negotiations, some tough ones. I said yes. Say so no to work, Roberts. Come on. <laughs> Not everybody's rolling like you. I'm Jeez. impressed. I'm impressed. Oh, my God. I love these pimps. <laughs> anyway, so then I cut together. So, of course, she's making every shot in the video. So it's like, this is fantastic. And then he said, okay, this is great. You're going to do my next feature. And I was like, yeah, right. Sure enough, three, three weeks later, I recut a movie that he had done called Welcome to Paradise. And a month later, I got the job editing a movie that he was going to shoot over in Serbia called Serbian Scars with Michael Madsen. Nice. Oh, Michael Madsen. He sells overseas, yeah. my He's man. He's huge, man. The guy works. He, he does like a million movies a year. Let's hold for a second because this is important. You said to somebody, I can do a better job on that trailer. He said, let's do it. You did. Right. right. He then said, you're doing my gr- my daughter's basketball video, which you True. said yes to. <laughs> And, you know, it wasn't beneath you. You said, why not? You liked working with the guy? me, yeah. And Mm -hmm. you got a feature film editing job out of that. Yes. That's pretty amazing. I mean, come on. You got to tip your hat to it. my test. test. If you can cut. So don't be ashamed. Basketball videos for high school, you know, basketball players. (laughs) Do not be. Scholarship at NCAA college. That's amazing. (laughs) Hey, don't be ashamed. To do a little bit of extra work with someone that you like, a That's producer right. you like working with. Was he a producer or a director? Director, He was the director of all these movies. In fact, I did edited two movies for him back to back. One was called Serbian Scars, and the other one was called uh, Cat City with Brian Dennehy. Yeah. And Rebecca Pitchin and Julian Sands all came great, out in 2008. All great actors. Great actors. Were they great movies? Uh, anyway, next subject. <laughs> um, really good question. A wonderful question. It was work, Robert. You know what? It was. I had a blast. Here's the deal. So they... So Brent finishes Serbian Scars. I get all the footage. The producer of Serbian Scars is this guy named Vladimir Ratchik, who lives in Chicago. I got all the footage myself. I'm just sitting there in my converted, you know, studio editing the movie myself. So it was like a great experience for me to like, you know, craft my a movie right. for the first time. So you received I, all the footage and you had to were you your own assistant? I was my everything. Really? Yeah, and okay. everything. Yeah. I put it all together. I did I think the first cut was like in eight weeks, eight or nine weeks. And so my kid ca- has a soccer video. Can you help me with that? <laughs> <laughs> Your kid will score every goal in That's every right. game. He's, his name He's will be amazing. Messi. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> score, score, score. Um, I finished Serbian Scars on a Monday night and started editing Cat City on a Tuesday morning. Wow. Truth be, yeah. t- truth be told, when you have to be your own assistant, when you have to do it all, yeah. you really do know the footage, right? You yes. know every yeah. last bit of that footage. You have to. You ha- as an editor, I mean, you guys know from all of it, you have to, you know, you have to make sure that whoever you're going to have edit your movie is completely 100% dedicated and thorough. It's like a marriage. You have to yeah. love what you're working on. Even if yeah. it's not your original, if you're a, even if you're a gun for hire, you have to love it, especially with editing. Because I think, personally, that is... What, for me, it's the most fulfilling part of filmmaking. Even if I'm directing something, I love the editing process. Wait a I minute. love watching everything come together. Wait a How minute. did you get into editing, Pete? Did you just so, get the program and start cutting? Or Yeah, so I, was, I started cutting when I was 8 on Super 8. So okay. I, and then I went to college, and then I was cutting on 16mm, and then I edited on 35 Okay. Helped edit a movie called Mother's Boys with Jamie Lee Curtis. Check it out. It's probably you can't find it anywhere. Anyway, I might have something on VHS. Call me. Um, it might be on Laserdisc with a commentary track by me, which I put in, which is strange, which is weird. I didn't know you could do that, but you can't. Um, so I was, I was always editing on actual film, and yeah. then once Final Cut Pro came around, I kind of learned, you know, self-taught. That's in what way. you cut on now, Final Cut Pro. Yeah, Final. Well, yeah. Although I'm tra- finally transitioning over to I'm transitioning to <laughs> Adobe Premiere Pro. But yeah, it's funny. Like Final Cut Pro Seven, which used to be not really an industry standard, like people are still using it all the time. Like Parasite, that just came out, that was cut on Final Cut Pro Seven, huh. which is a great movie. If you There's nothing wrong it. with it. I mean, no, they just, they just stopped upgrading it, right? 
they stopped every. It was Final Cut 10, but people were like, it's like iMovie HD. Final Cut 10 sucks, but I've never actually cut in 10, so I couldn't right. tell you if it sucks or not. Right. So. Any listeners of Apple products out there? Yeah, it I sucks. Tell you. So, yeah, that's what I – so I edit on – yeah. I edit so edit was your intro to everything then, right? Yeah. Even the, before the voiceover, before the direct, before yeah, acting, Yeah, before all everything. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, the great chefs of the world, you know, they know how to pick the best ingredients. Yeah. And they put it all together in a, in a stew, you know, or whatever they're making. You know, you, that's what an editor, I think, does. It's like it takes the best of everything, presumably. And, and saw, as you guys know from making films, it's you like a problem that. solver stew. You keep saying that. No one here makes movies. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do. I make movies. Roberts, Roberts just calls the shots. He's the guy. He's the guy you say, I need more money. He says, no. Figure it out. <laughs> or television. No, Robert says he's a filmmaker at heart. I don't know. We're all making we're all making movies but, here. Right. But editing is something that every filmmaker, I think, if I can go back, I would have started editing first because oh there's God, three yes. movies. There's the movie you write that you envision. There's what you shoot, and there's then there's the actual movie because <laughs> that, that comes yeah. out at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I could not could, agree with you more. Yeah, it's 100 percent true. In fact, that's what I would tell anybody. Who's yeah. in the wants to get in the industry at all? What to do? Start cutting. Start cutting. Learn yeah. how to edit. I don't care if you're an actor or yeah. writer. Yep, yep. And you don't want anything to do. You learn how to edit yep. because for a million reasons. One is you can start editing your own stuff, which is key. Also, a lot of times when you don't have a lot of money and you hire some editor to like to do it for free, they're gonna sit on it and yeah. they're not gonna do shit forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, for weeks they're like, yeah, I'll get it to you when I can. You're not paying me whatever, but it's, if you can do it yourself, you're yep. ahead of the game. Yeah, exactly. I got for uh, sure premiere. And yeah. so I'm finishing up my film right now, which I'm having somebody. So you cut. wound up cutting yourself? No, I didn't. But I'm learning now. I'm 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 seeing all the cuts. I'm going through everything. He's doing a good job, but I want to learn at least how to do a string out. I should at least, as yes. a filmmaker, know how to string out my movie, put the <clears> scenes <throat> in there that I want, yep. and you know, worry about the transitions and all that shit later on. But put my movie together as I envision it, as I wrote it, as I sh- you know what I mean. Because it never if you turns do your out own the way. If you can do your own assembly, that's key. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For can you give us yeah, a recap I, as to where I've, exactly as a, we are? As a, as a listener of the podcast, I've been yeah. following the journey, and I'm fascinated. I love the fact that it's part of the – obviously, it's part of the discussion because it's like yeah. you know, with all of your experiences, Mark's experience, and you're actually working on something during the, the run of this podcast as well. Yeah. It's fascinating. You know, it's funny because I have days like most filmmakers where – um, I'm excited right now because I just got done with the session with the with my buddy who's who's uh, directing with me, and we went through the whole film. We went through the whole thing with notes. Um, it's our fourth take. I'm, I I just got a sound uh, sound designer on board, uh, but I'm excited. But yet this morning when I got up, I wasn't that excited. I was like, "What the fuck <laughs> am I doing?" Well, I mean, it's, it's like pulling teeth. It's a nonstop fight. It's, I feel like it's a like fighter. It's like a marriage. It's like a fight. It's like a boxing match. I just want this motherfucker in, but I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and he's getting right. tired, and he's and he and he's wobbly, and I know that. And by know, he, you mean you? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I mean the film. The oh, film's right, yeah, almost the film, there. Yeah. Okay. It's almost gotcha. there. So. And then it's Juan Manuel Marquez who's going to knock you out in the twelfth round. Take it easy. Um, I'm good at counterpunches. Listen, no right. counterpunches here. Joel C. High, I can't wait for Joel C. High to come on board. Okay, because, so Joel C. High is. Yes. I know you guys had him on the show. He works with Mark a lot. He's one of my favorite people in this business because he is the president of the Guild of Music Supervisors, and I'm the voice of the Guild of Music Supervisors Awards, and it'll be our, my sixth year doing with him in February. He also has the greatest hair he does. anybody really? in the business. Hair. He's a handsome man. He's very handsome. Yeah. He's striking. I don't, use that, <laughs> I don't use that word regularly. I would say he's striking. He's striking. Charismatic. He's charismatic. There's a glow around him. Yeah, 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 he's charismatic. There's a glow about him when he sits, he sits down. He's like, welcome to the 2020 Guild of Music Supervisors Awards. Now, here's your president, Joel C. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. All right, Joel. The shows just write themselves at this point. Here he comes. Yeah. Dude, you're probably yeah. the most talented person I've ever met. Oh, stop. 20 more minutes of that. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean. Back in 2001, my big break was doing a, a court show called Texas Justice. I know Texas Justice. Texas Justice. Wait, what year? 2000. Oh, okay, 2000, okay, 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2001. That went yeah, on yeah. for a while. Judge Larry Joe Doherty. It went on for a while. It went on for four or five years, and then it turned into Judge Alex, and then Judge Alex ran for nine seasons after that. So I was wound up doing all the promos for both of those for courtroom both of shows. Yeah, That's she amazing. just wanted the lobster, but he gave her crabs. <laughs> <laughs> that was on Texas Justice. That was the, that was okay, the that wasn't show. actually that wasn't actually a promo, but you know it could have been. Who knows? So walk me through what your career was like after you edited. But how how did you mix both editing, filmmaking, and voiceover? Like what took precedent? 
whatever project is the most sort of present or pressing yeah. always takes the precedent. Yep. If I'm editing, if I'm in the middle of editing a movie and suddenly, you know, I have to go do voiceover, then I can just, you know, turn that on and go do, you know, voiceover, which is great. The, that's a great thing about it, editing, especially movies or in features, because it's like that's what you do when you're not – because voiceovers obviously can take maybe 20 minutes or yeah. a half an hour or whatever. And the rest of the time, you're either doing nothing or you're auditioning for voiceovers, but you have all this time. Yeah. So because it's a full post-production job, both of them, editing and voiceovers – you can just do both. So I'll like be editing a scene. I'll finish the scene and be like, okay, now i got to go to do a voiceover. When you get hired to do a voiceover, it's not eight hours of work. No. How does Unless it work? Doing a- like I would do an entire season of Bob's Burgers. I did like 100 promos. That takes like a little over an hour. Like maybe wow. an hour and a half. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then, but then with a session like Ovation, which I do every week, it's a, they allow an hour. They allot an hour, and I'll do whatever promos they give me, and I'll just bang it out, bang them out, whatever you give me an hour, and then they're like, all right, good, that's it. Usually it's like some, anywhere between oh, five they, and ten promos. They book you for an hour. They book me for an hour, and they do whatever we can within that hour. But what's yeah. great is you do it all at your house, right? I do it You're, all in my home studio. Yeah, look at exactly. that. It's great, yeah. So you never have to really leave your house. And I usually don't. This is the first yeah. time I've been out in six weeks. Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic. I haven't seen light like this. My God, I can't see so straight. I, I'm, I'm not so socialite. Anyway, so yeah, so I do it all. Yeah, you got to be. You know what? And yeah. you know, we were, when we were talking about editing and how important that is, you have to be able to be self-reliant. You have to have broadcast quality recording equipment if you're going to be in voiceovers. Yeah. You have to have, you know, great editing software. You have to know what, you know, you have to learn. So it's like, that's so important. Yeah. You know, people who are like, um, by the way, and I'm shocked how many people who are in voiceovers, friends of mine who've been doing it for years, who don't have like a like a broadcast quality studio at their house. It's unbelievable to me. It's it's un it's unfathomable. <laughs> I don't use very often, but today I've got a uh, broadcast quality studio at Pink Taco. That's right, <laughs> you do because a lot of a lot of voice actors they essentially are auditioning most of the time. They don't really consider like, oh, I can't record the job at my house or my studio, but. They need to. They need to basically make that shift in their heads, yeah. like you know, so they can basically be self reliant and essentially be able to record everything and you know p- professionally. Yeah. yeah. Before we get deeper into your career, and we will get deeper. Uh, um, coming up next, it gets deeper. <laughs> that sounds like a seventies porn. Holy crap! Who says it's not? It probably is. It probably is. Um, Schindler's Fist. Be- <laughs> I'm already envisioning the things that are going to be edited out, Davey Dave. Romancing the bone. <laughs> exactly. The squirt locker. I, I just love that Roberts wants to be V.O. I can tell. This is a, he's he, he's yeah, like, he yeah, he you does. know, he keeps going, do it, do it again, this do it again. Is, like this is my kid. favorite episode. This is my favorite episode. Do it again, do it again. Well, here's but, the deal. Here's what's, okay, so listening to everybody speak here and listening to the podcast, like your voices, all three of you guys, those are kind of the what's hip and cool about VO nowadays. It's like, and I'm not kidding. It's like the guy is like, we want somebody real, conversational, guy, kind of like you'd have a beer with, you know? Yeah. You're all, all your voices are very, like, you know, relaxed and conversational and friendly and, you know, like engaging. Yeah. So that's kind of like this, this, when you listen to voiceovers on TV anymore, they're not saying things like, bear aspirin, get it now. It's like, bear aspirin, get it now. It's like very So you can't even way. sound normal. No, I can't. I try. I try so hard. Oh, my God. Let me talk to you about something else for a sec. Do you know a company called ExtremeMusic.com? I love ExtremeMusic.com. I have licensed music from Extreme Music. Are you serious? Yeah, here we go. Really, they sort of set the standard in this business. Tell me your experience with Extreme Music, because I want to hear now. I licensed music from them years ago, and it was as good as anything you could get on the radio. Between, I think I licensed some orchestral stuff from them. I think I was producing some commercials. Right. Some, yeah, some online commercials. And I wound up licensing like a ton of stuff. Right. And you're right. Nice. Russell Emanuel, who started that company, right. who then... Branched out. In addition to that company, he has a company with Hans Zimmer, where they do right. The Simpsons. They do uh, I can't believe that Planet still, Earth. He's been nominated for Emmys. It it's an amazing thing. Amazing. But I'm so glad to meet someone that actually understands how ExtremeMusic.com works, and also mm-hmm. how that there's music out there that you can license that is being used on movies, on commercials, and being written by the top composers in our business yes and you can have it at a fraction of the cost because of my work with the guild of music Brothers, you know I, I you know and i license music because i love production music here's something that'll blow your mind there's also an award show and i'm not making this up called the production music uh, association awards they're called the mark awards and they're handed out every september and they give out the best they give out awards for the best music from music libraries oh, i'm wow. not kidding really? wow. yeah 
Yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder if Russ Emanuel's guys get nominated and win I'm some. They sure. should. Yeah, they should. Does he yeah. have multiple companies now? Well, he has. So he has ExtremeMusic.com, which is the main hub. Right. But I believe him and Hans are doing uh, a, a separate little thing where you can hire Hans and other composers to compose directly you to your movie. Me? No, it, it's true. Right. So you, Tutty you, man, dude, Hans Zimmer just Hans scored Zimmer. your movie. Congratulations! Right? Right? I love you, Joel. But hey, <laughs> I, I, I think just kidding. We should have Russ on again because he could explain it better. Composers. Are they licensing wow. music? That's incredible. From his company for The Simpsons, or are they composing? They're music? composing for The Simpsons. His company is now. Yes. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I think honestly, music libraries. I think they are. You know, for better or for worse, I think they're the future of the business because a lot of people, you guys know from yeah. filmmaking, if you can't hire a composer, I mean, I, you know, did a project not too long ago where I think like half the score was library music. My short we did, uh, um, The Kiss, I, I, I got it. I didn't have extreme music. I didn't know about extreme music back then when I did it, but the music made the difference in that film. That short film, which got me the a The music deal, was great. Yeah, the music was incredible, and, and that was, was all from a library. It was all from a library that I went online because I couldn't, I couldn't afford. I, I made the movie for hundred bucks. That was my, oh my budget God. for food. All but right, let's really let's good. okay. Let's descri- <laughs> let's describe the feeling that you had and that I have, and probably everybody in this room has had when you find the right song, the right piece of music for the scene, and it like elevates the scene. Like, oh my God, this is perfect. Isn't you want to show best? it to fucking everybody? You're like, dude, you got to watch this. You're like, dude, I don't want to watch that. I got to take a dub. <laughs> Just watch it. Take it. The, take the phone to the movie, the bathroom with you. Is it? Music can <laughs> elevate any scene. It can. Yeah, it can. It can. It can save a movie. It can. You know. It can elevate a scene. It can. Yeah. It can make it. If you pick the wrong music, it can destroy a movie. See, you know? watch this, yeah. Roberts. Imagine Jaws without. Dun-a, dun-a. I can't. I can't. You've never even seen Jaws. You know nothing Beedy. about that movie. <laughs> Are you really, I know everything. Have you really never seen Jaws. I know everything about Jaws. He knows oh, okay. everything oh, okay. about it. Got it. It's exciting. You're right, because when you do find a good piece of music, it changes your emotions. It gets you fired up about your project. Finding a library as big as ExtremeMusic.com, when you get in there and you start picking music like comedy beats and you start picking romance beats and you start picking beats where they just met, it's a brand new romance. And, you know, I, I create all of these files for the editor. Right. And I'll be like, this, this scene, use these songs. You right. Pick whatever song you want. But these songs are for that scene. Right. And right. I feel like a lot of... I, I feel really confident in, in picking music for my stuff. And I don't feel as confident because... And maybe because I don't have enough experience working with composers. Because right. sometimes you just have to trust a composer that he's going to actually do what you want. Right. It doesn't yeah. always feel that way. So if you are doing a project, you want a little bit more control. The great thing <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that now you can combine. You can use a composer. If for some reason a track doesn't work for you, you can go to Extreme Music and change yeah. a track. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. whether you're doing a commercial, a film, anything you're doing, a short, any kind of um, a media for uh, the internet, go to ExtremeMusic.com. Check them out. They'll... Um, They'll hook you up with what you need. That's a, you know what though you bring up a really interesting skill set that you're able to pick the right music for the scene. That that's so important. I love you know? it. I love but it. I love doing that too. It's one of my just favorite things. More control of your vision, like you're saying. Like right. if you learn to edit, but now you could go to the extrememusic.com and find the music that works for that for that edit. You wrote it. You cut it. You you have so much more control as a filmmaker. Right. That your vision gets out there. Either either you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. But anyways, it's yours. Right. So you yeah, know, that's what I love. About it's an ex- it's an exciting thing because also when you when you go to when you find a song you like, you, they have endings to them. They have short versions to them. They exactly. Have, they have no the vocals. fifteen, the thirty, the two yeah. and a half minute, the choir, the no choir. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They have yeah. all of these versions of the same song. So if for some reason you don't want drums, you don't want guitar, you don't want it. You want to you want to strip the song and just make it like a you know one instrument. You can do it. Right. No, it's great. Wow. Can it's you great. really? You can yeah. do that on that. Yep. You can. Wow. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing site, Russ. You've done a good job, buddy. Good job, Russ. Maybe someday we'll meet. So anyway. <laughs> um, let's get back to you, which is most yeah, important. Yeah, Russ. <laughs> so you got into editing. You were doing you were doing movies. You do both voiceover and movies. Where are you at now? What's happening now in your career? So now it's because well, so the voiceover business is it's so funny. It's become like a global business. You no, know, there's all these you can, anybody who wants to get into voice service can do it now. They can go on these websites like voices.com. They have like 250,000 different voices on there. Everybody's doing voiceovers. The best story I heard recently was a friend of mine wanted to get into voiceovers and I 
taught him what to do, and I told him what microphone to get and all this stuff, so he does, and he gets all the equipment. His wife's car gets broken into. They jack everything. <laughs> exactly. They jack everything. That would have been great. The insurance company buys him a new microphone. Um, it's amazing. It's transplendent. Um, to quote Shelley Duvall and Annie Hall. Anyway, so the cop comes, the police officer comes to his house and writes down all the information, and he says, why don't you come into my house and we'll do this. So he comes in the house. The cop goes into his, walks into the house, sees the microphone in the corner, and he goes, hey, his microphone. He goes, he goes, do you do voiceovers? And my friend goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, me too. I'm on Voices.com. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Everybody's doing voiceovers. The fucking cop is doing VO2. Oh, my God. So if you're getting arrested, that cop, you might recognize that cop's voice from some, some such commercials as Tide. Anyway, it's unbelievable. I was like, everybody's doing that. was that. a little tour guide action there, right? <laughs> was my, you like, might universe, recognize. Yeah you, yeah, you might recognize. That's right, because you were, you were tour guide. I was too, a tour guide, so yeah, yeah. When were you a tour guide at Universal? Oh, my God, 1984 or something, 85? Oh, my God. So yeah. I was there in 89. A long time yeah. ago. 89. Nine. Yeah, back when I had something called a waste. Ladies and gentlemen, pla- I could have gotten into Playgirl magazine. I'd be lucky to get in a field and you stream. Must, you must have been great. Did you did you sign autographs after your after you gave tours? I signed NDAs. Say don't talk about anything that just happened on this tour. It was terrible. No. Yeah, ladies so was, and gentlemen, yeah. uh, of all the tours I've given today, I just want you guys to know that you are definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my. It's one of the standard Tag lines. lines. And yeah. they're like, we have a very special wood on that tree. It's called Hollywood. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boom. These are the kind of jokes you would do on the Universal oh Studios my God. tour. And then no one would and understand some, them. And for some reason, everybody was scared shitless of Jaws right. every time. Right. And it worked every The guy had a name. The guy, the fisherman, yeah. he had a name. Like yeah, Eddie or something. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eddie, you can't be there. What's going on? Oh, no, no. And he gets sucked. Be in careful, the, Eddie. It, blood it's up. a shark. Right. Yeah. Those were the days. My God. We have the only shark that does the moonwalk. Because oh, <laughs> it would go backwards. Yeah. See, you were more creative. Yeah. That was better. Well, you know, I, I, that was like a standard. Yeah. By the way, here's the craziest thing. So a lot of my trainers... In 1989, at Universal Studios, a lot of tour guide trainers and tour guys that were there, some of them are still there giving tours and training. I'm not making this up. 30 years later, I swear to God. They're making 335 an hour still? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's right. You make minimum wage. So when I get the 20 bucks for this week, that's what I want to know. So essentially, um, I'm sort of still doing voiceovers. I still have like I have some commercials running. I'm still narrating some stuff. The voice still, of ovation. The voice of ovation, yes. Great network. Check it out. Get ovation. Get ovation. dot com. Um, and cutting. Uh, cutting. Still editing. Yeah. Yeah. Are so, you directing anymore? Yeah. I am. I'm just. I just directed a bunch of commercials this year. Um, I do a lot of directing for video game commercials. I'm like the live action video game guy for, right. for video because the, the great thing about that's a good thing to be in video I know games video are games huge. are as you guys know are huge what is it influencers e-sports is, esports is huge yeah, yeah. and influencers are huge so every so a lot of times I'll direct a lot of commercials that have influencers in them wow and they're like the most excited enthusiastic amazing group of people these influencers it's been great it's been really great um, but yeah, I mean, it's like something I never thought I'd do. But it's sort of the great thing about when you do a live action video game commercial is you really that's the way to connect with people. I think because a lot of times it's just game footage, you know, like Call of Duty Four, and it's all game footage. Whereas if you have somebody who's actually playing it and talking about it, I think that actually brings a connection, a level of connection to a video game that you know you don't normally get in an advertising. And you still acting or not? Not too much. You know, it's funny. I will act if somebody says, "Hey, Pete, come be in this movie, <laughs> yeah. Cop Number yeah. Six. You know, I'll do it." But I'm not like I don't have like an agent sending me out on. Yeah, you're not Dressing up. Santa Monica on a Tuesday at 1130. <laughs> <laughs> or to read Friday at 5. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, of course, that's when you're going to get called. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Um, oh, my God. So you seem to be making it work on a lot of different levels. So congratulations, dude. Thank you. That's Thank amazing. You so I mean, you're, no, you're raising a family. Um, it's great. It's yeah. not easy. You guys know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, yeah. We have mortgages. We have families. We got to make money. So you're finding a way to... Uh, yeah. Make you can films, make a living as an artist, direct. Yeah. Yes, it's it's yeah, pretty yeah. amazing. Lots yeah. of stuff yeah. going on. So, Doing, um, yeah. oh wow, it's, you got another beer there, go. Oh my god, thanks, brother. Um, the service here is fantastic. But yeah, it's inspiring and, and exciting to know that you're uh, that you're able to be out there and uh, you know using your talents, voiceover, uh, editing filmmaking and all that stuff to get ahead so congratulations you gotta do what you can thank you you yeah. gotta do what you can I gotta tell sure. this story because Pete um, myself Sam Zoda Lorena David Brian Zagorski and Van Gerald Jones Ivan very pretentious yeah, British Ivan. <laughs> Ivan we get Gerald together Jones. for dinner uh, probably 
two, three times a year since we worked together on uh, My Red Rules. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of fun. It just, uh, you make friends in this business and you keep yeah. them for a long time and you like yeah. to hang out. So I, I, you're one of my favorite people. I love yeah. hanging out with you. You're still, I and mean, that doesn't happen very often. Where you no, work on a show, and even if it's fun or whatever, you don't really stay in touch. Somehow, that particular show has sort of transcended the work. Yeah, like yeah. you know, created this. We did this two bond. seasons. We did two seasons, but we've stayed together for years. Exactly. Yeah. We've had ten seasons as friends. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was a that was a great show. But it was the a great, great show. Lorena. And, a, and a bunch of great friends getting together still. Right. Um, I hope we get to do it again sometime. I, hope, I, I really do Me too. hope we get make to work happen, together. Make it happen, Roberts. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Roberts. I hope. No hopes. Let's make it happen. I'm we'll trying. do the celebrity edition like you talked about earlier. I really celebrity want edition of my I think it's a genius idea. Well, can we'll you see imagine who's we, got the IP. Let's get, go pitch it. I can't imagine there's not some celebrities out there that love their cars. I can't. I, I would say that 99% of the people that love their are celebrities cars. would love to be on the show. I mean, you've Same got... Same amount of people that let, you know, let people into AFI. That's right. <laughs> Same percentage. Yeah, exactly. Same percentage. <laughs> Callbacks. So, I want to talk about something that is that we've been sort of hinting at on the show for a while. I was thinking about how do you get your movies on Amazon? Remember? Yeah, Amazon.com? Okay, so get a load of this. Today I'm over at Ashley Garcia, and I'm waiting... You're the burrito king. I'm the burrito king, dude. That picture, <laughs> that picture is epic. Right. That's everything. Well, I have when when it because you're actually in it. I'm actually right? in it. Okay. But here's the funny, and I'll get back to that story in a second. So I'm sitting there, and I decide I'm going to go online and see if I can get my movies on Amazon.com. Yeah. How do I do this? So I punched in a couple of things like uh, how do I get my movie on Amazon.com, whatever. So anyway, something came up, and it said. Here's a video on how you put your movies on Amazon.com. Yep. Here's how you get paid. Yep. Here's the new terms of service. Here's Japan, Europe, all of these areas where your, your film will be available. Yeah, it'll be yep. available on Amazon. And I, I didn't realize it was that simple. It, but on Amazon, it's super easy. Yeah. Wow. And what's your you, library? How many movies you got now? I probably have about 12 or 13 movies that I actually can put on there myself. I can put on East Side so with Lopez. Movies, oh, wait. Are you talking about putting them on there to stream? Or are you no. talking about putting them on there like as, to sell DVDs? To sell. No, no. You can put the movies on and have them available for pay-per-view. For like one night, to, to stream yeah. yourself, and so and then you split wow. that you split that revenue with uh, Amazon. Yeah, and I've been telling this guy to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so long but story since you short, discovered that on Let's Get Into It, they become Let's Get Into It Productions, yeah. and so we cut That's the it. we cut the check here too, Robert. But if but <laughs> it, I like it. But if you're out there and you have movies or product, I'm going to put La Femme Balone on there because you can put on shorts. That's what? great. Yeah. Oh, oh my so, god, dude! The whole catalog is coming. Yeah, on. so if you if you are out there you with got more product, stuff than extreme music, yeah, if you've done a movie, you can put it on Amazon.com. Just look it up. Go to Amazon.com. Check it out. Ama- okay, that's an ama- that's amazing. I have an I have an Amazon story. I got, I hooked up with a with a filmmaker named Andrew Andrew Schuth, who had made a movie in 2008. It was called at the time it was called POV, and he sold it to this company called Lightning Entertainment, and they had it for a like a year but then the company went tits up went bankrupt and he couldn't get the movie finally he got the movie back in like late 2016 early 2017 and he's like oh my god what am I going to do with this movie that's almost 10 years old you know it's a very timely movie and he's like here's what I'm going to do I'm going to shoot bookends I'm going to shoot an opening sequence takes place in 2018 then it's going to flash back to 2008 and then it's going to end in 2018 Wow. and I'm going to hire an editor so he found me somehow and I edited it together and Basically, so we did it, and some company picked it up called Cinema Epoch. They picked up the movie. The movie, the movie was done on a Friday afternoon. Somebody came to the post production house to pick up the hard drive, and on Tuesday morning, it was on Amazon Prime. And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my god, how inspiring is that?" That the guy stuck to the movie, he stuck to it after 12 years, and it's on Amazon Prime now. That's after amazing. all this That's year. fucking awesome. Yeah, That's that movie doesn't rented. happen. I'm going yeah, go to do it. That's what? Do it. I'm going to go watch it. It's actually a pretty good I opened movie. So it's, a, it's a thriller. It's a what's the film. plug? What's the, what's the movie? It's called ICU. ICU. It's ICU. Like I, there's another movie that just came out with Helen Hunt, also called ICU. <laughs> yeah. Ours is the one with the creepy lady you know, that's in a, in a camera lens. She looks like the screaming head from Pink Floyd the Wall. That's, well, what, that's what ours is. Well, that's Helen Hunt like. now these days anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be confused. I, I Don't went look on, on the... <laughs> On that tip, I went again. I went to Amazon.com. I yeah. used my account to sign up, 
for an account where I can put my movies on there and get paid for them. So we got to follow this journey, Robert. This yeah. is this is a, this, this is, is a good planting the thread. seeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we can put up the um, the link somewhere where people can go we can put it. sign up because it's not easy to find. I did have to search, but uh, anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting we'll up it. I'm gonna be putting up some of my movies. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about it because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things like La Femme Balone that I want people to see. La Femme but Balone like, is my favorite of all your I'd films. Like, no dude, offense, that's, it's my favorite of all my films. It's really great. good. It's really great. Yeah. So well, I want people to see it. Yeah, so I'll put it up there for one ninety nine or even $0.99. Cents. You go check it out. Um, so they can buy it, essentially. It's like a one nine nine like a dollar to own it, or do they rent it in HD? Rent it. Just rent it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's terrific. That's great. Um, oh, so here's do, another you thing. You should do both. Like you could buy it for like five ninety nine, but rent it for ninety nine cents. There you go. So here's you know I mean? yeah. that's normally how so they go. Do, on there. I'll, I'll, you know what? Tracks. I haven't gotten that far. I just signed up. I created my account. Tomorrow yeah. I'll Good. go in and look into it a little deeper, and I'll report back on the next show. Perfect. Um, so get a load of this, Tootie, Dave. Yeah. What's your name? Pete. <laughs> um, uh, Frank. Frank. <laughs> what happened to me today is really interesting. Uh, so I go, I get an email yesterday from our producer, Patty, on the Expanding Universe of Ashley Garcia. Yeah. And she says, hey, I want to ask you a question. The guys down here want to know if you'll be the burrito king, an ancestor, a Mexican ancestor of Giancarlo, the star of the show, uh, in a scene. And I say, sure, I'll do it. So I show up today, and they hand me paperwork to Taft-Hartley me. What? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, to be in the to take a picture Welcome and be back. in the scene. Welcome back, Mark. So I get Taft-Hartley'd oh into the Screen Actors Guild today for no apparent reason. This That's is you know what this is for celebration. This is fantastic. It's He's going to take all our jobs now. A lot Teddy. of people out there are listening <laughs> right now. Going, that mother right. You know he does is? do it all. <laughs> Watch out, Tom right Cruise. Right place, right time. That's what that goes down. That right. was silly, and I wish I could give it to someone they, who deserves did, it. Do we you have post- lines? I mean, do you have like a part? No, I it, I took a still picture. Oh, you have Hartley. Oh, wait. because it's a SAG show, so they have to because it's a, oh. a signatory. They have to tap Hartley. I don't but don't know. you have huge. to have a line to get a tap Hartley though? In a no. Yeah, tap no. Hartley. No, no. they'll tap Hartley. Be. They'll tap Hartley for what? Well, actually, you got to get tap Hartley as an extra now too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you have to have dialogue. I That's thought. what no, happens. No, no. no, you get Taft no. Hartley as an extra now too. Wow! I think if you get like three SAG vouchers, this is the way it used to be. Yeah, you used to have get three exactly. SAG vouchers, then you'd be, you know, you get into the union. Back when there were two unions, I'm yeah. sagging. Yeah. Dude, you're sagging it's, now. Congratulations, you, Robert. <laughs> you're a star, David. Dave, we got to put that pickup. No, you, you can't put the pickup. Seri- <laughs> what do you mean we, we can't? Do. You cannot so put the pickup until the episode airs. Oh, come on. Too bad. Too bad. Too late. What? Diva over here. <laughs> oh, Maybe I'll God. ask. I'll ask. Ask. Hey, come on, Rito Mario King. Lopez is the executive producer. You don't think you can give us a break on that one? Rio. No. Fuck <laughs> it up, bro. Rio! <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, was Eva Longoria? Is this one of the episodes she directed? The one? No, she directed. Character? She directed two episodes, but okay. this was not one of them. Oh, okay. Um, but it's going to be fun. So yeah, so I, I I just said yes to do that, and all this weird stuff sort of happened, and it was neat. That's, um, That's what we got to do when you're but a I consultant did, producer. I did say yeah. I did say to them, I said, look, you don't have to pay me, but they did anyway. Wow. You would have thought that's why you would have gotten the part because yeah. you said you don't have to pay me. You're, right. You're hired. Congratulations. Maybe. You don't have to tap heart. I mean, you don't right. have to do anything. Right. I'm here. I'm be use me. Hey, you man, pay you me anyway. It's an epic show. They do everything by the book. That's right. No, it's not epic. It's uh, Netflix. That's what I mean. Netflix. Yeah. Did you say epic? I thought I said Netflix. Maybe Is there an epic? There will be. It's going to be both. It's Epix and Netflix. Nepix. Um, what's, uh, what is your aspiration now? You're a father. You have beautiful kids. You have a beautiful wife. What is, what is next? Because things change, right? You become a, you become a dad. Uh, things change in your life. You're not, I, I don't have the same fire in me to go out and make product like I used to. But, right. but it's well, def- now because you're, all your energy is... On your kids, or not all your energy, but a lot of energy is on your of kids. It, yeah. yeah, you know, because yeah. you guys are parents. It's funny. So, like, my daughter <clears throat> is definitely gravitating to the arts. She's at an arts high school. Ouch. Nice. I know. She's at LOXA, Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. She's a junior, and she's in the cinematic arts program. They only take like 15 kids a year, and it's wow. this Congrats. amazing program. And she also sort of 
Like her dad, she does multiple things. She's also in the big school musical <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar, which is sold out all weekend. Otherwise, I'd invite you guys to cast to come out and see it. <laughs> Sorry, it's sold out. You want to stub hub it? Good luck. <laughs> I know you're dying to spend a Friday night out in East LA. Um, so yeah, so but I know what you mean. It's like sort of you know once you have kids, sort of like so much of your energy. And attention go to them. It's like, you yeah. know, you don't quite have the fire you had when you were 22 to, like, go out and make a movie or whatever. But, you know, it's like, I think, you know what? I think what it still inspires me is, like, seeing movies that are made. Like, seeing Parasite was like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. Such a great movie. Even seeing uh, Knives Out, I thought was awesome. I can't wait to see that. That's yeah, great. But uh, um, riffing off of what you're saying, I think when I see a great movie... I am pretty. I feel like I missed the boat. I feel like holy shit! How do you make a movie like that? Yeah. How in the world did they do that? I could never totally. do that. That's how totally. I feel. That's how you know what. That's how I feel. It's funny after after Avengers Endgame, my daughter turns my sixteen year old daughter turns to me and she goes, "Holy!" She may have said shit. I don't remember. She's, she's probably just said, <laughs> "Oh my god! How do you even begin to make a movie like that?" And even I, you know, working in this business for as long as I've worked in it, you know, what'd you say? I was like. I don't even know. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. No, I mean, I, I mean, but it's like, it's like, yeah, a movie like that. It's like, I'm like, it's like so mind blowing. You know yeah. how you do it? You collaborate. There's a group. You right. get together with a group of people, and that's you specialize right. in your one Settle thing. Down. You, yeah. that's hey, thickies! But we don't do it like that over here. We do it like. Speaking of which, who saw the fucking Irishman? I have Me. not. Did you see the Irishman? I did. You didn't see the Irishman, Roberts? I have not. Davey Dave? I saw it. I, I fell asleep three times, but yeah, I saw oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. You're, my hero for get, you're my hero for getting to fall asleep. <laughs> I, woke, I saw it I woke the up theater. 10 years did older. You did you see it at the Egyptian? I saw it at the Egyptian. Yeah, same. Um, I saw it with Lopez in Stearns, actually. The first time I've been in the movie in six, seven years. Wait, first, wait I'm sorry. It's the first time movie watched, theater. I've been to a movie theater, I'm sorry, in seven years. Are you serious? Yeah, so I went to watch it on the big screen. And I got to wow. tell you, yeah, I, I, in the, and I still watch it the first day it came out on Netflix by myself at my house. Um, <laughs> um, I have mixed emotions on it. I Same. really do. Same. I'm glad. $168 million to make that movie. That's not a lot, by the way. What? It's not a lot of money. I just made mine for ten grand, Roberts. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Without even seeing your film, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm already enjoying your movie more. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Irishman. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. I love those guys. Those I'm not going to fall asleep during his movie. I hope not. I'm it's not long it. enough. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> it was three and a half hours. I know why now the studio. Scorsese always comes in at that with the studios. And they Casino. Make yeah. It's yeah, like it's, way too long. It's yeah. too much. But, yeah. uh, and I love all those guys are all my heroes. Same. But they were just too old. They were too. Even though they de-aged them all. Yes. Like, you could tell there's no. How how can you have that fire as an eighty five year old man? You don't, you don't have it. You know what I mean. You don't like, have it. And here's what's tough. Oh my god, you you totally nailed it. I think what's funny is that they made Robert De Niro look fucking forty years old the entire movie. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why didn't this get a forty year old to yeah. play that part and then age him up a little bit? Well, because yeah. Robert Lilo. De Niro. I, like, here's my impression. <laughs> here's my impression of the entire movie. You gonna talk to him? You should probably talk to him. You should probably go talk. Did you go talk to him yet? You should probably talk. You should probably talk to him. Like the entire movie. That's entire every scene of that movie. Entire. Bottom yep. line. Bottom line. <laughs> It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> That's that for three That's and a half it. hours. That's it. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Graham, the the, the uh, English dude who played Tony Pro, he was good. He's Tony Pro stole that movie. Yeah, he was. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, he was I didn't really realize he was good. British until after the fact. Yeah, yeah he's he, phenomenal. He's he, great. He's he the played, reason to see the movie. I oh, thought. yeah. He, yeah. Uh, Scorsese uses all, you know, he was in Boardwalk, and Scorsese EP'd that. Right. But he's just a really talented guy. But, again, a probably 40-some-year-old man. Playing right. a forty-some-year-old guy, right. you could see the fire in his eyes. You could see yes. it in him. Where De Niro, Pacino, Pacino just yells now. He, I love him, but he's sent him a. That's him the whole yeah. thing. Pesci was good because Pesci he played. Was Pesci was like really subdued. Subdued, but it, yeah. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Yeah. Pesci was like you. Pesci was like instead of like hey yeah, 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 he was just like. You know. Yeah. You talked to him. You talked to him. You should probably talk to him. You should probably have a conversation with him. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> but here's to your point about Tony Pro. The the, the what's the actor's name again? Stephen Graham. Every time he's on screen, he elevates all their game. Yeah. He does. Everybody in the scene. Wow. Really? It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best when he's scene not, in the movie, yeah. yeah the best scene in the movie. You talking about the one in the when they go minutes. meet? Yeah, because he's, he's late. Ten minutes. Oh, fifteen great. minutes. It's amazing. 
It's That's as good as any Scorsese scene. This is yeah. not a, This is not sponsored, by the way. Once again, no, we're not sponsoring not. Netflix, Amazon. <laughs> Who else have yeah. we? Who else have we plugged? Well, we extreme are sponsored. music. No, we are sponsored by ExtremeMusic.com. Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, deserved. Yeah. But we Who do you think you, bought Mark. your beer? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but to your point, yeah. I mean, and then three and a half hours. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's called an editor. Hire one. Yeah, um, <laughs> Delma Shoemaker. She does all of her stuff. But you know, I, know, I read yeah. the book. Probably five years ago. Oh, we, it's called We Paint Houses. I heard you paint houses. I heard you paint houses. Yeah, okay. it was really, it was really good. Uh, it was funny too because in the book, uh, you know, in real life, that guy Frank Sheeran, when they went to that house in Detroit and pulled up the floorboards, right. to find the DNA, there was nothing there, so they think he was full of shit. And in the movie, uh, and in the book, they say that in the in the book they go and they they don't find it, right? Right. In the book, in the movie, if you see when you walk in, the dude's putting the linoleum down. Hey, yeah. Frank. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, I was like, oh shit, that's how they got around that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right, yeah, right. They, they changed things. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. they did in real life, but in the book, it's not. You know, right. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely go check out the Irishman if you <laughs> well, need yeah. a nap on Netflix streaming. If you need a nap. If you right. need a nap. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> Pete, want to thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I was always uh, enjoyable I was being with you guys. Really looking forward to having you. You have an inspiring story. You continue to yeah. do your thing and work. And um, I'm sure that now that people have heard you, they'll be hearing your voice all over television. They can also hear me. Yeah, they can also hear me anytime somebody rings my doorbell because I have the ring video. You know the ring. Yeah, yeah. Every time somebody rings my doorbell, I do the my uh, James Gum voice, my Holly, my Buffalo Bill voice from Silence of the Lambs. I'm like. Uh, can I help you? <laughs> Creeps the shit out of me. Can you, can you, like moonwalking backwards on video. It's fantastic. Uh, hi, I'm just here to. Yeah, uh, what? Is she a great big fat person? When you answer your phone, what is the what is the message say? Oh my god, am I, am I outgoing green on my yeah. cell phone? I've been there for like seven years. It's like, what do I say, ladies and gentlemen? It's time to buckle up. Hang on. And get ready to leave a message in Pete Sepinuk's cell phone. <laughs> so ridiculous. Why? I love, it. I love it. I know. I need to change it. Hey, um, all right. Well, we got into it today. This was Pete, awesome. This was Thank God that Pete, we got Pete because I've been wanting Thank to you have for, him. Yeah, I know. I'm glad we finally, finally made it happen. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, to Pink Taco. Uh, PT. Rest in peace. Harry Morton. Morton. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the greatest podcast on the waves. Let's get into it. Good night and good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little sexy at the that end there. I don't good. know what that was. That was good. That was awesome. Now drop your pants and get ready. <laughs> no, Roberts, you're not the BO guy. <laughs> he is now. <laughs>